As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm here, so... <laughs> I'm Shea Goodsogs and I'm down to dunk. Howdy, Oklahoma. My name is Chet Holmgren and I'm down to dunk. Dead gum. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. <laughs> I have. I don't, is that like you eat them together? Everybody tells me to get the bag of burgers. I need like a straw. Like. <laughs> Howdy, I, I'm a, I'm an artist on the court. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. My name is Kenrich Williams, and I'm down to dunk. It might be Aaron Wiggins. This is a troll. It's a troll. I'm trolling. Howdy, Papa. Because I, I think it would take away from who he is, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Oklahoma. <laughs> I love Oklahoma to death. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. Perfect. Great. Very good. I like the hat. You like oh, the yeah. hat? <laughs> Vava, this is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I've been doing a lot of dunking. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Well, Al, at least for the uh, the remaining Friday night games in Oklahoma City, uh, residents can just casually flip on the game, which has been part of the... Uh, part of the thing that's been annoying to a lot of people is that you can't just turn on a Thunder game if you just want to casually watch it. And I know I'm like I'm not talking to the right people here that listen to this podcast. You guys are all watching the games. You probably have Bally subscription or you have like a VPN or you have whatever. Like you're finding a way to watch it. But the Thunder announced that they will be uh, putting the eight remaining Friday night games on local television in Oklahoma City, Tulsa, Lawton, Wichita Falls, Wichita, Kansas. Joplin, Missouri. So, uh, kind of a big deal. It's going to air on the News 9 or Griffin Media Affiliates, which is in Oklahoma City, KSBI Channel 52. <laughs> John Hamm said that he can you can stick like a piece of metal in the back of the deal and you can get like local channels just by sticking like a paperclip back there. Um, oh really? Yeah, but you can. But you can also just how's the, like, the hand man know that? He's What's he's he done it. Like he's there? he's done it. He's told me that he's done it. <laughs> and then, or you can like buy an antenna. It's like ten bucks. Or Digital something. antenna. Yeah. So don't buy the ten dollar one. 
I have the ten dollar one, and it's been great. Really? Well, it depends where you live. Yeah. You can go online and check how close you are to all of the different oh, signals. Yeah, yeah. And some sometimes you need a more expensive one, and that's why your signal's bad. I used mm. to have to do that. Uh, my signal's great from where mm-hmm. I'm Good at. For you. And the ten dollar. Why, one why is great. that signal great, and your Wi-Fi is is garbage? Why do you think that is? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's because of this wall. <laughs> This this wall that's behind me, we can talk through it. But this is a, this is a really big deal, and to me, I look at it as like, okay, so the Bally Sports deal is like for sure up after this season. This is like a big like signal, and I, I'm this is not sourced or anything, but like this is a big signal to me that like the Thunder are like truly considering like making this like what you know how you watch locally, um, which I think is really cool. Because I think like we're heading into this next era of Thunder basketball, and this team is really good. They're really fun to watch, and for people to be able to just casually turn it on for like every single like restaurant to be able to flip this on like with ease, you know, which is not the case right now. But like now you can do that. I think that is such a huge deal for the team, for the market. You know, it's it's a huge it's a huge deal for the fans. Um, and I applaud the Thunder for making a move like this. And I know it's not perfect. There are there are things about it that aren't perfect. I'm aware that there are weird play like Nebraska, weirdly has OKC and Denver both blacked out. So like obviously oh, like they're not going to be on this list, but they also can't yeah. get league pass and watch the Thunder, which is like that's a league issue. Like that's that's messed up, and it could be sorted out in the new TV deal. Um, and I hope that it is, but. Overall, I think this is like an amazing thing for the market and like a really good thing for the Thunder. Yeah, that would be great. I, I hope that it extends into next season. Um, it's hard to think of how it could go bad. Yeah. Uh, especially compared to the existing. <laughs> yeah, agreement. especially with how Bally Sports has like fumbled this whole thing where like you, you yeah, literally like... could not watch it on some nights where it's like <laughs> yeah. I, the only thing they could do worse is just like not like be even worse than Bally and like, Oh, it's, it doesn't work for like four of four of those nights or something. Like that's the only way. Yeah. As long as it, I, I, I literally can't imagine a scenario where it doesn't work. And if it doesn't, or if it does work, then I really hope they extend it into next season because I think yeah. that would be a nice, uh, little, uh, let's an olive branch, whatever you want to call it. Tip of the cap to the city for financing uh, the majority of the upcoming <laughs> arena. Wouldn't that be nice to give a little gift back? Say, hey, in, you know, just a little something. You don't have to pay to watch the Thunder. You can stick a paperclip in the back of your TV. And Andrew has frozen again because despite him having great over-the-air signal from his digital antenna, he has miserable Wi-Fi. Cannot get it straight. He needs to break down that wall, I'd say. Uh, let's go to the comments. Hoopstock69 said, Adam Silver is ruining the NBA. I'll keep saying it. Hotel Internet Select. Oh, now it's just me. Andrew has to come back. We use it Wait, to- Andrew, what's your favorite? I mean, you know, back when uh, we were younger, mm-hmm. I didn't have cable. And mm-hmm. so I was very familiar with Channel 52 because it was one of the seven that I could watch. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, do, you, do, you have any, do you have any memories about uh, Channel 52? <laughs> Not really. To be honest, I, mean, I we, do, Andrew. They used to they used to show a cartoon on Channel Fifty Two called Schnookums and Meat, the Schnookums and Meat funny cartoon show. Uh, it was a great yeah. cartoon show, and I I, I did a uh, like a, a contest one time for Schnookums and Meat, and I won it, and I actually got to drive out to the News Nine whatever 
and they gave me a free schnookums and meat duffel bag. Wow. Be pretty cool. You still have yeah. that duffel bag? I don't. I bet it'd be worth millions. I, I wonder if there's a single person who remembers schnookums and meat. <laughs> but it is a real thing, and you can look it up. There was a cat and a dog. They're friends. That's all I remember. Oh, shout out. Um, but, but yeah, I was, I was just reading the Wikipedia page for KSBI. Yeah. And someone had mentioned this on Twitter, and I had already forgotten it. But the they they were originally one of the channels that aired Thunder Games back with Fox Sports Oklahoma that first season. Yeah, that that ended in 2010, right? Uh, when Fox Sports Oklahoma took over mm-hmm. fully. But uh, yeah, so it's kind, kind of, of cool. uh, coming back around. Yeah, they also used to show the Yard Dogs. Yeah, they did show the. I don't remember that. Show the Yard Dogs. <laughs> yeah, it is a, like a full circle moment. If it ha- like we don't know if it's going to happen for sure, but. To me, it, they it makes, not screw this up. To me, it makes so much sense to do it to do it this way. To like because I don't know, like younger people, I think you can explain it to them, and it's like, yeah, you get the app, you do this, you do that, great. But like older people that want to watch the Thunder that don't know how to do like all the app shenanigans are like, how like, how do you watch our local team? And then like, yeah, you get like three sentences in, and they're like, all right, never mind. Like I don't care that much. I mean, it'll be hard enough to. Like I, just for my mom, just h- hitting the input button just to get to the digital channels. Yeah, yeah. that is oh. enough of an obstacle. Yeah. So we still have that here, yeah. but at least you don't have to download any apps. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, I look forward to kind of like seeing what that viewing experience is like. And it's the same crew, you know, like the the whole crew that w- is on Bally Sports. Like they they work for the Thunder, so it's not like we're yeah. going to get a whole new crew and like those. Those people that you know will still get the whole same crew, so it should it should this the feel should be exactly the same as it is with Bally. So, uh, okay, Al, the Thunder beat the Wizards in a game that felt it, it never felt like they like had complete control, but it never all it never felt to me like they were going to lose it. But it was just like, oh my gosh, like can, can we not like stretch this out to like twenty five, like at some point? But it just. You know, they kept it was it very clo- annoying. They kept it, it close at, at almost every point of the game. It's like we are one Wizards eight zero run away from this being a really annoying game. Yeah, but they kept, but they kept that buffer there for the yeah, majority of the game. The Wizards never really made like a truly scary run where I started worrying. Um, and this is one of those games where I I don't I don't want to take too much away. Like I'm still coming off those two games against Atlanta and Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I didn't see anything in that Washington game that really made me feel like I shouldn't be worried about tonight yeah. against Miami because their defense still wasn't great for a lot of that Wizards game. Yeah, the offense looked great. It's because they were playing one, literally one of the worst defenses in the history of the NBA. Yeah. That's awesome that they and played the so worst, well. And the worst rebounding team in the league. Oh, is that? Oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Them and the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm still pretty nervous about this upcoming schedule based on how they played in Brooklyn and Atlanta. I really want to see how they respond tonight in Miami. Now this is a bigger game, a bigger opponent. You know, it's not, I don't, it's not on national TV, is it? No, no. Uh, although it was a year ago, probably very close to today yeah. when we did have our first national TV game in a long time against the Miami heat in Miami. And it was the nastiest game, the grossest game in the history it, of man. I, I, <laughs> I believe they were 40 of 40 from the free throw line. Yeah. So let's hope we don't get a replay of that game because that was awful to watch. 
Well, um, one thing that may, might make this even more gross, no Jimmy Butler. Kyle Lowry yeah. is, is doubtful. Caleb Martin is doubtful. Uh, no Drew Smith. Okay. So there's a, yeah, there's a lot of guys missing from the lineup in this one, especially like primary ball handler guys missing from yeah. this. So it's, I mean, it's going to be a lot of Tyler Hero. Um, it's going to be a lot of Duncan Robinson and Bam. You know, going to be a lot of Jaime Jaquez, which is like the most fun name to say in the league right now. Um, yeah, he's going to be in the dunk contest as well. It was announced. Yeah, isn't that bizarre? I wouldn't. I mean, that's cool. I just wouldn't have necessarily thought that. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have either. <laughs> I remember Shea Serrano talking about him acting like he was going to have like a single dunk. I know. During the season. I and know. It would be beautiful. And now he's in the dunk contest. He's in the dunk contest. It's like, boy, it's like we, we have not fixed the dunk contest. Not not no shade at Jaime, but like come like come on. Like do you I mean dub I think dub would be a a solid choice. I mean, we haven't really seen him do any crazy dunks, but we know he's that he does have that. He's a great in-game dunker because he brings like the energy afterwards, you know, and like mm-hmm. br- like he just dunks with ferocity. But could he bring this could he like do really cool stuff? You know, unsure. Can Jaime Hawkes do really cool stuff? I don't know. Unclear. I don't know. Are they gonna? Are we gonna be able to beat the the tiny little G leaguer? You know, in this. Yeah, there will be. Th- they can't. Okay, the the gimmick has like ha- must stop for McClung after this. Like it it has to stop. Like we we have to get an NBA player to he, like. He's definitely coming back. Yeah, I guess he has to defend his title. Yeah, he's coming back. Like, but we have to stop it. Like, we can't have a G Although, leaguer beating the NBA guys every. Like, we can't do that. Like, we need to have like somebody in the NBA step up and win this. Like, this is this is just becoming not cool because like McClung will destroy Hawkes in the dunk contest. Yeah, he will. You know, Hami never got to defend his title. That's true. Messed up. He also just got signed yeah. by the. Was it the Zards that signed him? Who signed him? Uh, yeah, it was by the Zards. Yeah. That's great. I, I was kind of confused why he wasn't in the league. Well, I mean, probably because his last team was Detroit, and the he, as much as I like Hami, maybe the worst possible fit for what the Pistons need this season. So that's why he wasn't on the Pistons. <laughs> I get that. I totally get that. You get that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like he's a he's a total Raptor. Like why didn't the Raptors pick him up? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Total Raptor, but. Um, yeah, going back to the Wizards game, I mean, if I was to take away one thing, I would say J-Dub's playmaking yeah. and creation for others was really impressive. Specifically, there were three assists right in a row in the second quarter, all to Aaron Wiggins. Mm-hmm. All of them were very impressive. Yeah, And I, I think it's it, – because Giddy had a great passing game too. He had nine assists. Mm-hmm. J-Dub had ten. Mm-hmm. It's it's fun to think about the the way – they create their assists because J-Dub still kind of like in the infancy of his kind of playmaking development. Like we're just starting to see him really increase his playmaking duties. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's kind of taking that second unit that starts the second quarter by the reins. We've seen that in a couple games now, just allowing him to dominate. But, you know, Giddy, he creates so many advantages purely with his vision. Mm-hmm. Like so many of his most impressive assists are with him standing flat-footed 
like yeah. not moving yeah. at all. His defender not moving, mm-hmm. and him just seeing a window a split second before anyone else, including any viewer, would ever see it, and then getting the ball. And and you obviously need really good cutters to enable that. But with Dub, like he attracts so much attention, and I feel like he's getting so much better at being patient on some of these drives, where. The thing I used to and I still do love about Dub is when he gets downhill, like he can really get downhill and be really strong taking it to the rim. Oh, yeah. But you saw in that Wizards game a lot more patience, um, a lot more wizardry with, mm-hmm. with his ball handling and then getting to a point where he had attracted two or three Wizards players and it ended up being a pretty, you know, relatively easy dump off pass to Aaron Wiggins in a few cases mm-hmm. that looks really cool, though, because he's attracted so much attention to him. Um, so that, that I think that is something to be excited about going forward. I mean, he's, he's already averaging a career high in assist percentage, obviously just compared to last season. Right. He's only played two seasons. Um, but that that growth in Dub's game is really exciting because it wasn't necessarily something I was totally zeroed in on going into the season. I was thinking about him more as a scorer, more let's see him develop on the defensive end. But what he's been doing as a playmaker over these last couple games has really been impressive, and really, and really for the whole season. I mean, his his assists are up as well, just overall. Um, but in a few of these games, I, I feel like he's been really impressive. And it makes you think, okay, this might be a guy who can just lead your second unit. You can have really good five man units without Shea on the court, mm-hmm. which I think once we get to the playoffs, that will become a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you going to survive the non Shea minutes? Even if they're even if they look good in the regular season, I do feel like once you get to the playoffs not having Shea on the court is going to be a liability. And it's like, what can you do to prevent that? And I think some of those J-Dub lineups may end up working. Yeah, because for a while it felt like, like Giddy was going to be the one to lead the second group. And now yeah. it does feel like Giddy's more, and, and Giddy's been good lately, like been more of like a utility type of player mm-hmm. when like Dub is like one of the leaders. And like, he's continuing to separate himself. You know, as one of like the running mates for Shea, and you know, twenty-one, seven, and ten in that game, two two steals, <laughs> huge rebounding game. I did go back and look. I was like, "Ooh, were there any really impressive rebounds?" Because he he's been a really bad rebounder this year. Yeah, not really. Uh, he would just happen to be he's next just, to a lot of these. He, he did around. have a really good offensive rebound. Yeah, that led to an assist to Shea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it wasn't like I don't know if we've turned a corner there. Yeah, but that that would be the next thing. Like as he develops into a playmaker, because if he's going to really play the four going forward, you really hope that he can become a better rebounder. Mm-hmm. Um, where he, even if it's just like five five rebounds per night, like I, I'm I'm setting the bar kind of low, <laughs> but like we we need more rebounding from that starting unit, and it, and I have to zero in on him because he's playing at the four. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, be but, but otherwise, yeah, he's been great. And, and it's really fun watching him both at the beginning of the second quarter and at the beginning of the fourth quarter. He's already had multiple moments in both of those situations where just you see him take hold of a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he came in the second quarter against the Wizards, they really built out a, a nice lead there. Mm-hmm. And then they gave it all up by mm-hmm. the, you know, by the, by halftime. But just having someone with the ability to do that who can lead a five man unit. I think is really exciting because it's just another it's another thing that you can't chalk up as a weakness. Like if the non Shea minutes aren't going to be a weakness, then that's just another problem for the opponent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
you kind of forget like Dove hasn't played that many games in the NBA. <laughs> you know, like he feels he feels like a finished product just because of the like maturity that he has on the court and the way that he plays. He probably like, just passed a hundred, right? Yeah, hundred and seven games. Yeah, hundred and seven games. I mean, that's just like nothing. You know, I mean, it's it's crazy, and that he's already this good because he because if this was as good as he was ever going to get, like man, that's a really good player <laughs> you know like that's a great player 18 four and four with a steal shooting 53 44 83 it's like yeah give me that i'll take that as my third best guy you know but he's only he's still has like a ways to go you know he's going to get stronger and, he's going to get better and because he's so good it kind of like flips the age conversation on its head because that was one, if you're going to have a, a negative on him, some some people in the draft talking about he was a slightly older prospect. Yeah, he's because, a oh my gosh, he was yeah. he, he was junior, he was 21. Yeah, but now you look at it, and it's like, wow, we have a 22 year old doing this, and it sounds awesome. Yeah. Like he's completely flipped that narrative on its head. Because if you drafted a 19 year old and by 22 they were doing this, you'd be super psyched. That uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, you'd be very very pumped. So like we've already closed whatever age gap there was it feels like yeah without a doubt yeah he's been he's been so good uh so heat tonight back to back with portland here on thursday portland's i say they've been playing portland's been bad they've been playing good sometimes but mostly bad but they've been bad recently they've they've been in a little bit of a skid i mean uh they did beat the nets on sunday they did beat the nets uh but Overall, they've had like every other game has been a massive blowout. Mm-hmm. Like their last five games, all losses other than the Nets game. Yeah. 109 to 88, 126 to 97, 139 to 103, 112 to 84. 84. I mean, they're getting smoked. 84. In, yeah, eight, yeah. Last night against the Knicks, they got locked yeah, down. They did. I think, I think Simon's so had a terrible game. Yeah. Yeah. He was four of 14, 12 points. Um, They've been really terrible outside of the Brooklyn game, of course. Of course, the team, the team. that embarrassed the Thunder. <laughs> hey, you know what? I think that, and this will transition us into this topic, I think the Nets players are trying to show out for the Thunder. Let them know. I think that's what it was. Let them know, like, hey, we're good. We could come play for you. Don't worry about it. Hey, do you not want to see this in the playoffs? Yeah. Which listen. would only happen in the finals? Then you should trade for us. You should so trade for us. Happen. So, uh, at Nets Daily which is a Nets blog, which already makes this rumor a tinge uh, strange because it's now a, what I'm about to say is a, a blog talking about a podcast that was said, then with a vague rumor at the end. So like, take this with an entire salt shaker. <laughs> like, don't, don't like, don't take too much out of this, but it's fun to speculate. One, because we've been speculating about this for weeks now. Not not like sourced, but just like, hey, this would be cool. So he says that Zach Lowe and Bobby Mark speculated the other day on the low post that the Nets would be an ideal trading partner for the Thunder. Mark suggested OKC could use O'Neal or Dorian Finney-Smith, which we've been talking about too for a long time. And the Thunder have more draft picks than God. And I don't know if that's true. I mean, God might have more draft picks. Now hearing we'll check. vague... I'll check Real GM. We check Real GM. What is what is God's draft, <laughs> future draft pick status? Um, 
Nets Daily says, now hearing vague rumors that it's more mm. than speculation. Oh, man. Like, that, that's like a great sentence that means nothing, but it's, well, let's, it's let's, great. It's great. It, let's, it, let's take it at face value. So this is a guy, uh, I believe an older gentleman. Is, is this that account? This is Nets Daily, at Nets Daily. The most comprehensive so source of Brooklyn Nets. Within, I don't know. There's I don't know who runs the site. Within Nets fandom, and one of them is uh, run by an older gentleman, who, and it seems like they're always getting in fights with uh, other parts of the Nets <laughs> fan base. But okay, let's let's imagine this guy uh, is y- like your level of of person. You know, you, okay. you hear some things. I hear some things. There's some things. So that I what hear. could what what could a vague rumor? What would make you tweet something like vague rumor? I mean, if somebody was like. Somebody that's plugged into the league, or maybe I was talking to somebody from another team or something. That's like, hey, I heard th- that OKC is like really interested in, you know, one of these Nets wings. Or maybe if you heard that just the Thunder reached out, because that 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 could I heard the Thunder honestly, reached out. Yeah, which because they maybe, probably reach out to ever like a, a lot of teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. But also, it's worth that's that's a vague rumor. It's vague. It's vague. Yeah. It's something more than fa- than just us, than just fans on Twitter ma- throwing out fake trades, screenshot yeah. and fake trades. Mm-hmm. So, so the uh, so say, the uh, so the first trade. This is this is out of control already for Nets fans. That the uh, the first fake trade that I see that popped up here, Kendrick Williams, Casey Wallace on a first round pick for Dorian Finney Smith. It's like boy, yeah, like no, yeah. no, 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 my friend. And you, and honestly, that may be those guys one of the reasons why it doesn't happen is just because these guys are on such reasonable deals. Even, even the guys whose deals are close to expiring Yeah, that it's going to be hard for Brooklyn to, cause they do not want to bottom out. So no, they probably want to prioritize both replenishing their pick base, but also getting back someone who is functional. Mm -hmm. I I just don't know if there's a deal here because from, OKC side, I think it would be more like expiring contracts Picks. and a pick. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe For, like, maybe a decent first and some seconds. Yeah. Something well, and, like that. And that's why, like, Finney Smith makes sense to, to play here, but Royce O'Neal makes more sense in every other way. Um, yeah. I know he's not as big, which I don't like, but he defends bigger players. He's a better passer. He's honestly a better, like, quote-unquote, thunder player than Finney Smith is. Because he is a good passer, and he can kind of do a little bit of everything, and he's expiring. You know, like yeah. I can actually like see a, a world where he is like the guy that comes back. And I don't. I'm trying to think what other sat like. Do they have any bad salary? Like really, I mean, Ben Simmons is the bad salary, but like you look at everything else, like it's like hey, either like low contract guys on. You know, rookie scale deals, or it's guys that have good deals. You know, Nick Claxton's also expiring. Um, like you could combine Claxton and Royce O'Neal. Like if they don't, if they don't want to re-sign Claxton, and if it was like Bertans and like five seconds, you know, would that be something that you'd be interested in? Uh. Yeah, anytime you say multiple seconds, I'm probably going to be into it because I, I just don't care. And th- those are the picks where, you know, when people talk about, oh, the Thunder have too many picks, they can't draft all these people. 
You know, they're gonna they're they're not even gonna be able to roster all these. Right. I don't really buy that for the first, but the seconds, I'm like, yeah, get rid of these like quickly <laughs> if you can. I, I just don't want to have to think about having yeah. all these seconds yeah. in these next couple drafts. So yeah, give them five. Yeah. And didn't didn't Jay Crowder go for five seconds? Yeah, he did. That's why. The that's bar's why. I, been set. That's why I said that number. And, and I mean, it, they may want to resign Claxton, and like, yeah, we're going to resign yeah. him, or or they may not. Like we've heard that maybe they want to play Daron Sharp more than they play him. Now it hasn't really come to fruition yet, but like we've heard that. Um, I don't know, and I'm not like the biggest Nick Claxton fan, but if you could like include him in this deal where it's like Bertans and like you could send them some cash. It's like a cost-cutting move for them, you know. And, and maybe if you're the Thunder, you look at it as, okay, why don't we just try, yeah, Clax, someone like Clax, just to see what it looks like, yeah, going through the end of the season, just to see what it looks like having that option, because mm-hmm. we know that a lot of people have talked about that option nationally, mm-hmm. you know, always talking about pushing Chet to the fore, mm-hmm. and we've always been very resistant, yeah. But if you could envision that. At a pretty high level, like Claxton's not just some journeyman big. Mm-hmm. Like he's a really good player, and mm-hmm. he he can be very switchable, you know, compared to a lot of other traditional bigs that you might bring in. So mm-hmm. he might fit better defensively. Mm-hmm. If you could bring him in, even if you don't end up resigning him, just to see what it looks like, at least then you would know. You you would have a much better idea of like, oh, this works because of this, or this doesn't work because of this. Yeah, because right now we still don't really know. Yeah. I still don't really know how that would look over an extended period of time to have a traditional center playing next to Chet over long stretches. Yeah. And and if he's expiring, you know, you don't have to bring him back. Yeah. You know. And calling him a traditional center probably isn't fair because he's not really a traditional. He's not he traditional. Just shoot. I mean, he's, he's I should just say non-shooting. Non-shooting. Big. He's skinny. Next to Chet. He, yeah. I, I think he's a little overrated, but he's like a good player. Andrew. He's Andrew. a good He's a good player. But like I think he's a little overrated. Um, but like the point of a trade like that to me is like fortify who you feel absolutely comfortable playing in like a game seven. You know, Shea, Chet, yeah. Dub, Dort. I still feel confident about Giddy. I feel confident about Joe and Kenrich. Like that's well, that's seven, and I'm like, like I'm not. Totally confident about Wiggins, Jay, Will, and then like the rest of the How guys. How dare you? You know, God, you, 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 you and the Thunder. Something about it. You guys have been infected. You have some virus that has prevented you from seeing the brilliance that is Aaron Wiggins. I like Aaron Wiggins, and you, you keep wanting to poo-poo him. <laughs> all, what is he? What is all he ever done? He goes out there and makes plays, Andrew, <laughs> and you come in here and say I don't trust him. Who else do you trust more than Wiggins? To cut on this team. To cut? I think he might be the best cutter He's, on the team. That That is his NBA skill. It is his NBA skill. For sure. I'm going to go look up what he's doing points per possession on cutting. He's just great. Just to shove it in your face. He's great. I'm not trying hope, to, I'm hope, not trying to, I'm not trying to poo-poo him at all. I'm just saying, like, wouldn't you want... And and they don't need to do this. If, if the Thunder w- would rather just kind of, like, see what these young guys do, great. Fine. Like I'm not saying like this needs to be done so the Thunder can do this or that. To me, it's like if you can add one or two pieces to this roster once you get to the playoffs that are just like fringe players that like you play them or you don't, it's whatever, you know. Like if if Royce O'Neal doesn't play for a whole series, it's like a to me that's a big whatever. You can let him walk at the end of the season. It doesn't matter. 
you know, I yeah. wouldn't want them to like make a big trade for somebody that's like has to play big minutes. But to me, like this kind of deal is like kind of like the perfect middle ground. Because if you if you trade for Dorian Finney-Smith, you're playing Dorian Finney-Smith big minutes, you know. But yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. with these guys, it's, that's not necessarily true that you would like have to the big minutes. Uh, and so um, I, I I like that middle ground deal where it's just like, hey, we need we we've won. The West is wide open. Outside of Denver, there's not like a team that's like, oh my gosh, this team is like so overwhelmingly good, you know, that like you just feel like you can't like you can't you couldn't get there. Like the Thunder could get there if they, but you have to have like some kind of playoff experience on your roster, to me. Um, you've you've got to like and, and Claxton isn't that, but like O'Neal's played. And Bertans in, doesn't count. Well, Berton, no, he doesn't because he doesn't defend. <laughs> so no, he's played four. He's played forty five of them. I know he's played way more than anybody else, but no, it doesn't count. Um, you know what I mean? I think, yeah, no, I like, know. I mean, like they could get to the Western. We we talked about it. Like there's a chance to like get through the West. You know, even even in this stage, just because those guys are are so good. You know, I I agree. And when they're all clicking like they were against the Wizards, like yeah. when they're all shooting like whatever. I, somebody posted it. It was like they all had a true shooting over like seventy percent or something ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. I will admit, Chet is probably the best cutter. He is <laughs> points per go. possession one point seven, which is ninety eighth percentile on cuts. He does it a fair amount of the time. Eight point eight percent of his possessions. Mm-hmm. He's probably the best cutter. In terms of uh, guys who take up a lot of possessions, cutting, Cason Wallace, probably number two. Mm-hmm. It's 13% of his possessions. He's 1.37 points per possession. Now, Aaron Wiggins does have the highest frequency. So about a quarter of all of his possessions are cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, about all of his like uh, scoring attempts. He's 1.26, mm-hmm. which isn't amazing in comparison to some of these other guys. Kenrich is higher. Dort is higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I guess he isn't the cutting god that I thought he was. He <laughs> is in the sense that he does do it a lot. Um, and he's perfectly good at it, but he is not the greatest. <sighs> Last night, or two nights ago, though, against the Wizards. He was awesome. Good. He was awesome in that game. Pretty good. Yeah. I like Wiggs. I think he's good. Like you can, uh, real quick, you can make the case though. Real quick, you don't you don't need to do those upgrades because of him. Like I'm not, I'm not like staunchly like, oh, you must upgrade this position. Like I'm kind of like whatever, you know, whatever happens is fine. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Um, real quick, I-, I was checking up on Schnookums and Meat. Would you believe that the lead character, Schnookums, mm-hmm. voiced by any guesses? <laughs> any guesses? <laughs> any guesses? James Marsden. Oh, really? Yeah, this wasn't just some run of the mill show. James Marsden was the lead voice. Wow. How about that? Um, okay, a few other things I wanted to bring up. First, this is a Disney uh, show. Schnookums made by Disney? Is that right? Um, yes, yeah, produced by them. Wow. It, it was a spinoff of Marsupilami, which was a spinoff itself of Raw Tunage. Huh. Just to give you the kind of history it there. It looks like it has some like Rocco's Modern Life type of vibes. Uh, yes, it was Disney's attempt to do a more edgy cartoon in the vein of Ren and Stimpy and Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, Ren and Stimpy is maybe the vibes. <laughs> Aired once a week. Only 13 episodes were produced. Apparently long enough for them to do a... Me to get hooked. And for them to also do a <laughs> Duffel <contest>. bag. <laughs> yeah. And make a duffel bag. Wow. Uh, Joel Embiid is going to miss a couple games. Yeah. He's already been missing some games. He's been and missing. this is very relevant. Yeah. If you are interested in Shea Gilgis Alexander winning the MVP, mm-hmm. because as a reminder, this season you have to play in at least sixty-five games. Mm-hmm. And let's take a look at it right now, Andrew. How many games has Embiid missed? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight. Now you can only miss seventeen games. He's getting. He's already missed eight. He's going to get close after this this little mini stretch that he's going to miss. He probably won't hit 65. He probably will not, depending on how long this is. Because we're not even halfway through the season. Yeah. We're about. Yeah. To me, to me, and, he's the only one in the way of Shea winning this MVP. 
Really? See, I think I think there could be a, a late Jokic surge because I, people felt bad post championship. They're like, "Oh, he really is good. We, it probably would have been fine to give him three in a row." <laughs> and I think I think people will be very willing to give him another one. Yeah, if, yeah. I mean, if sure. they end up being like the number one seed, and you know his stats are going to be good, and he doesn't really miss games, so I. I I just think it's interesting because one, it could help Shea because there might only be really two serious contenders. I yeah. mean, I could still see like Luca making a run if 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 the Mavs got a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tatum, just because Boston is so good. Dude, the Mavs lost to the to the Grizz last night. I know they got like blown. Dude, out I, don't, I just don't see a pass for that. I mean, Jokic Jokic has got to want it too. Dude, he took three shots against Detroit the other night. Three. It's very, it's very funny though. I almost, I almost feel like you're making the argument for him that he is at the level now where he can just decide I'm not going to shoot for a game, <laughs> and I'm still going to dominate and kill other teams. Yeah, but but like when it comes down to it, like the the stats do matter, like very much when we're talking about MVP race be, because it's a lot of people that can't watch all the games that are voting. You know they they try to watch as much as they can. They try to be as as well informed as they can be, but like Jokic said, one, two, three, four games of single digit scoring. You know, and like those will matter. And I also just ultimately think like he's like the ultimate. I do not care. Like he he didn't care when he won them. You know, like he just does. And you don't like that. He just does not care. I'm not saying that I don't like it. What I'm saying is like. I'm just not sure that he is going to like make that push at the end of this season to get there. And that's why I think that um that Embiid is the only one in his way because Embiid like Embiid is putting up a crazy crazy statistical season. Yeah. And if he doesn't qualify because of games missed, then I think that it's like clear to me it's clearly if the Thunder can stay in the top 3 of the West, I think it's clearly Shea. Because you look at him, almost 35 points, 12 boards, six assists, one steal, two blocks per game, 53, 36, yeah. 88. I mean, that's he's he's been a monster this season. To me, he's the only one that stands in the way. I do think, and it's, it's not happening right now because they're looking weird, but uh, Giannis is putting up pretty incredible stats as well. He is. And if, if, if the Bucks did go on a run and ended up like challenging uh, Boston, which they're already three and a half games behind. Yeah. But like they're, they're, they're going to try to find someone else. There's going to be someone else that becomes a talking point. It's not just going to be, you know, assuming that Embiid misses enough games, it's mm-hmm. not going to just be Jokic and Shea. Like they will try to make a case for somebody they, else. They'll try to make the case for somebody else. I just think like the Thunder are like the darling of the league this year. Shea is like the big reason for that. And I th- well, Andrew, they better stop losing to, to Brooklyn and Atlanta. I, I mean, like I said, like you have to be at the top of the West in order to win it, you know. And if you keep, you know, losing games like that, then yeah, you're not going to. But I mean, 31 and a half, six boards, 6.4 assists, 2.4 steals, and like leads the league by like a huge, huge gap, you know, between he, the, the first and second in total steals. 
And he's shooting 71.4% in the restricted area this season, taking the most restricted area shots for a guard in the league. And he's shooting better than all of them. And he's scoring more than every guard in the top 50 in scoring, except for Luka. And he's taking less threes than every single one of them. To me, like, that's crazy what he's been able to do. Like, that to me is like, also, he, he's yeah. so unstoppable. The, I think the argument for him, which he will be able to claim this argument alone if Embiid misses 17 games, or I guess 18 games, uh, I think he will have the case, he'll, he'll have the two-way case, you know? Yeah. I think it's super important that he continues to be really good defensively and that the Thunder as a team continue to be really good defensively. Because mm-hmm. I think that is one way to distinguish him. Because, listen, Jokic's offensive numbers are just always going to be crazy. They're going to be crazy. He's always going to look really good in box plus minus. But if you can have a guy, like right now, the only two players in the league who are top 10 in offensive and defensive EPM is Embiid and SGA. Yeah, exactly. And it's really interesting. Like the, the offensive list, like the top 10, Halliburton, Jokic, Doncic, Embiid, Shea, Giannis, Lowry, uh, Trey, Steph, Tyrese Maxey. Defensively, it's like all, all role players. Yeah. Like, Hartenstein, if Xavier Tillman is number two, Evan Mobley, Marcus Smart, Alex Caruso, Wembenyama, uh, Jalen Suggs, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Walker Kessler, your guy, Shout Goga. Out. Wow, Goga's really high on this. Goga's one. been good this year. Uh, and then we eventually get to Chet. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's like mostly role players. So to see like a star level player in that top ten, which credit to Embiid, he's there as well. Yeah, that's really impressive. Yeah. And so that that will be kind of what his case is kind of built around. Yeah, and he's second overall in EPM at a 9.8 to Embiid is number one at 10.3. And then it drops off to 7.2 for Giannis, 7.2 for Jokic, 6.5 for Luka. Like there's a big gap between Shea and Luka, you know, if you want to make the argument for Luka. And also there's a the biggest gap ever between the two of them on defense. You know. And and the teams. I mean, they're right now they're three and a half games up on them. Dallas yeah. is in the play-in after that loss last night. Right. Um, they they would they would have to make a big run. They would obviously need to be a top four team for the Luca argument to really hold a lot of weight because of the other candidates. Yeah. Because um, we know that Denver and hopefully OKC are going to kind of solidify themselves in that top four. Yeah. If the Thunder do that, like as a if they if they're a top three top two seed in the West. And Jokic kind of plays like he has been, and Embiid misses sixteen games. I think that, I think he's winning it. Like I just like flat out think that he is. I think he's been the second best player in the NBA this season, next to Embiid. And I think that he has a really good chance of winning this MVP. Also, because like to give Embiid back to back MVPs, like some people are gonna, you can look at Embiid with a more critical eye because you've seen more of him. And you've like seen him yeah, flame out yeah. in the playoffs over and over and over again, and it's like kind of working in Shea's favor that like we we haven't really seen it yet, you know. Yeah. But I I I think he's got. I didn't think that it was truly possible that he had like an actual chance to win it this year. But I'm like beginning to think that like yeah, he could he could do it. I mean, he gets to 30 with just like what feels like little effort. Like, it feels a lot like Durant did, where it's like, oh my gosh, how does he have 30 already? Like, how did he get there? You know, like, he, he gets to, like, 25, just like a snap of a finger. Um, and, and then it's, like, the teammate stuff on top of it. 
where at the end of that Celtics game, he's the one setting the screen to get J-Dub free for that mid-range shot. You know, like yeah. he's he's willing to do all the little things as well. The defense, the screening, the like ultimate teammate. Like to me, he has been next to him be the most valuable player in the NBA. Well, it sounds like it's settled. <laughs> we'll just have to wait for uh Bontemp straw poll. Next one. I mean, they they gotta start factoring in these injuries at some point. It, it just, yeah. it, I think it would be hard. Like, if, if Embiid misses five games, I think it'll be really hard to stay over 65 the rest of the season yeah. with a half season left. Yeah. And there's really no reason to push him. Like, he already pushed for it last yeah, year. Yeah, he already won it. Like, he like, just, he just he, won it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the emphasis for, for the Sixers now is on, like, can we get past the second round? Like they, yeah, exactly. like they just have to, and and the thing that has kept them from getting past the second round almost every single year is Embiid's health. And so, like to me, I I think I think he's gonna miss enough games, and I think Shea's gonna be the best remaining player left. Whew. Well, I guess put those bets in uh, that the L man was talking about on Friday. Uh, Brandon Walk gives us a little. Uh, Super chat. Thank you for that. And he also says that he was at the Wizards game and that Shea was getting MVP chance in DC. So there you go. Yeah. It I, I did kind of notice on I didn't notice the MVP chance, but I did notice there was like some cheering when OKC would score. Yeah. It was audible. Yeah, I had people like sending me DMs and tweets and stuff saying that there were a lot of Thunder fans in DC. That's super interesting. Yeah, it is. I mean, I guess it's probably a big transplant city, but I, I don't necessarily think of like OKC exporting a lot of their citizens to DC for something specific. <laughs> um, but that's cool. Uh, maybe, maybe they're following uh, Dawkins and Winger, you know? They're just following Dawkins they're just, and Winger. and They're, they're following the Presti family tree yeah. wherever it goes. That's they're, Maybe they're also in Detroit. They also followed Weaver up there. That's right. Uh, there's a new cowboy boot factory in D.C. Is that true? Nope. Oh, okay. Nope, not true. I just learned that Boot Barn is a national brand. Because, you know, Boot Barn took over where Shepler's was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Shepler's such a great name. It's a great name. I don't think Almost I ever... tells you... Did you go to Shepler's ever? Yeah, I've been to Shepler's. Okay. I've yeah. never been. Shep- Shepler's more tells me that they sell boots than the name Boot Barn. Like, <laughs> Shepler's is such a good place, a name for a place that sells boots. Yeah. And to get rid of that, similarly, we, I was talking about it with uh, on Twitter, taking away the Omniplex name. Like, there's some of these names yeah, man. that are just so perfect. They don't describe what it is, but they become so ingrained oh, in the yeah. local community oh, yeah. that they, they mean more. Like, you know everything just by hearing that name. Yeah, Omniplex was a great name. I hate that they changed yeah. it to the Science Museum of Oklahoma. It's like, come on, guys. Even though it's, it's, it is awesome. It I is. over the break. It it's is incredible. Gr- it is great, but... Yeah, Omniplex. Hey, mm-hmm. uh, w- watching the Wizards the other night. Yeah. Did you think about like, oh man, the, the Thunder added so and so from the Wizards because they're like another team that like you could see. Yeah. You know, sell like specifically the Wizards because they are on like a Thunder plan. Like, I think they're going to yeah. trade some of these guys. And like, are any? Are you yeah. interested in any of them? Uh, I mean, I will say, especially in the first quarter of that game, I was pretty impressed with the size of kuzma and avdia yeah 
I just felt like they were really asserting themselves. Mm-hmm. And especially Avdia, I just I, I know that he's six nine in my head, but like seeing him in that game, I was like, man, he really is big. He's a big dude. He's he's a big guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so those would be the only two guys I would seriously think about. I'm mm-hmm. I'm less interested in Daniel Gafford. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not interested. But in yeah. Uh, Avdia and Kuzma. I mean, Kuzma has such like a weird reputation mm-hmm. because he kind. I feel like he's he's getting lumped in with like the Jordan Poole thing. Yeah, where like no one really takes Jordan Poole seriously as a basketball player anymore, and I feel like that is rubbing off on Kuzma. Where like we've seen Kuzma be like a seventh man on a championship team. Yeah, won, it has yeah. happened. Yeah, he won a title before. Yeah, yeah, um, and he's an incredible rebounder. For his like, like he plays so much bigger on the boards mm-hmm. than you would think he would. He's a very, very good rebounder. Yeah, his first, um, first season same, in Washington, he was eight and a half boards. He's sick down to six this season, but like eight and a half yeah. his first season. It's like, huh, that's interesting. It was really impressive. Uh, I still don't think the Thunder would ever do it. Um, I because so. I, I do think that he's reached a point in his career where he kind of has an expectation of his place on a given team. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you could send him to the Kings for instance, Mm -hmm. and that might actually work where he's like the third guy behind Sabonis and Fox. You sub him out for Harrison Barnes. Like maybe that's a situation that would work for Kuzma. I don't Mm -hmm. think that it would work as cleanly in OKC just because I I just think he's at a different place with Avdia. It really comes down to whether you buy the shot or not. He's been, a better shooter this season. Yeah, he has. Um, he he hit one where he was like somebody was draped all over him in that game. You know, at the I, same time, he's like thirty five point seven percent. It's not like he's become some and he doesn't take knockdown right. shooter. He, he and he's take, only taking two point seven. That was going to be the thing for me. He doesn't take enough. Yeah, so he plays I a don't, lot, and he just doesn't take enough. Yeah, I, I like him. And and the other thing, like he career high three point nine assists per game. Like, yeah. He does fit a lot of what the Thunder do. I think yeah. he could be. I know he's on the worst defense of all time, but I think he could be a good defensive player yeah. on a, a team like OKC. Um, but yeah, the shot is just. Uh, I just don't really buy it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're telling me that like one of Giddy or Dort isn't going to be in this scenario, okay, maybe you can make it work. But I don't think you can make it work with all three of those guys on the team because a lot of times you're going to be playing two of them on the court with each other. And I just continue to don't. I continue to not think that anyone in the playoffs is going to respect any of those three guys' shots. Yeah, I know. Even as Dort has improved this season, I still think they're going to leave him open. Yeah. In in the playoffs because the other three are so good. Yeah. Like yeah. why wouldn't you? Yeah. Like I mean, yeah, if Dort wants to shoot forty percent from three like he's doing this season, good. Let's see you do it in the playoffs. Yeah. It, and it maybe is, he will, and that would be awesome. But oh, it'd be amazing. That that's the obvious like playoff defensive plan for whoever they play. Is like make yes. the other two beat you, and that's yeah, and that's where like them, that's where paint. yes that's where to me you have to like if you're Mark you have to be really quick with like putting Isaiah Joe in there, you know yeah and like yeah. putting Casey Wallace in there putting Kenrich in there you know if you make a trade for a wing like get that other guy in there, you know like that that to me is where you have to like be willing to do that pretty quickly. Uh, I do like Denny's contract. He's got a great deal, you know, where he's like p- paid like a role player for a while, and it's descending too. So like, there, there's a lot of things to like about him. If I believed what well, one, if if the shooting was like more believable, 
Like, I don't think you could trade for him, <laughs> you know, because I think True. That, yeah. that he would like be one of the, he'd be one of the best players on the Wizards and it wouldn't even be a question. Um, so yeah, you'd, you'd be taking a little bit of a swing on him, but in like four years, he's making $11 million, which is going to be like below the mid-level <laughs> at that point. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like, it doesn't like the, that's, that's one of the reasons why you'd want him is like, oh man. Like if we think he's good and can just play like a bench role for us, you know, next season he's fifteen point six, the following fourteen point three, thirteen point one, and then eleven eight in twenty seven twenty eight, which is going to seem like nothing then. Yeah. So I mean, I do like that. Um, I don't. I don't love the fit, but I think it's good enough. And and he's also the kind of player where uh, I think. A six nine wing who can pass a little, defend a little, shoot a little is always going to have value in the trade market. Yeah. So it's not like you're getting stuck with some terrible like John Collins contract. Yeah. Where you make the trade for him and then you're like, ah, I don't think we can get rid of him without giving up something. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. In that respect, I think it would be pretty low risk. I don't know what Washington. I'm assuming Washington would want at least a first for him. They'd probably want a first. Definitely. Would that you should give, be what they want. Would you give up a first for Denny Avdia? Like, would you give up the this upcoming Rockets first for him? Yeah, I probably would. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I would. I just... I, I know that there are going to be good role players in this draft, but it comes down to, like, do you really believe, and maybe if the answer to this is yes, that the Thunder are going to be out draft another guy who can immediately come in and play now for a team coming into next season that is going to have championship aspirations. Mm-hmm. Like, do you really believe they can draft someone at whatever it is, 12, 13, 14, that is going to be, be able to come in and just get minutes on a championship-level team? And if they can't, like, when is that going to happen? I, I, I just think it's going to be increasingly hard. Kaysen has done it. Mm-hmm. It's been incredible for mm-hmm. him. And he's going to be able to continue to develop because he's been so good out of the gates. But you really are going to need another person like that. like, And I, I just don't know enough about the draft to know who that could potentially be. Yeah, But it's going to be hard coming into next season to knock these guys off of their minutes. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good question that I think we'll need answered. I don't know that I love Denny enough to give up a first for him. Um, but I could understand why they would, they would do something like that. To, to me, it's like him... I like Kispert too, you know, as like a shooter. Like if you were trying to get like a real shooter, I don't know if they would make Kispert yeah. available, but like that would be another one where I'd be like, yeah, like I would, I would like a guy like Corey Kispert to come off the bench and like just like fortify the shooting, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has next year and then his qualifying offer, so he'll be eligible for extension this summer. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I mean, maybe you don't trade it for him for that reason, but also he he might end up being cheap because he hasn't been playing that many minutes for the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I he's think playing under twenty minutes per game for them. Yeah, I think you could get him for a reasonable rate, and he's somebody else that I think. And this is something that's really interesting about this team is like I I think it, this system would make him better. You know, I think that he could he would be much. Oh better yeah, I mean yeah, like he's going to get a lot. Better shots because like he he's a he is a really good cutter. The only the the only like bad thing about Kispert is like he just doesn't really do anything else. Like he's not an effective rebounder, not a great pass. Like he just there's just not a whole lot to his game. 
you know yeah. whereas like with denny it's like yeah he's a pretty good rebounder pretty good passer like he can do a, a little bit of everything like he's more thundery certainly than than kispert is but yeah uh you want to talk um, about jaw yeah so the other thing that happened yesterday is that uh jaw morant's going to be out for the rest of the season yep uh terrible for memphis who uh had started fine a little footing with jaw back yep. and now it's all thrown out the window so they're going to be in the lottery th- th- i think there's two okc angles to this one is that it increases the odds of the utah pick conveying just because now it feels like okay now there's another west team that we can feel pretty confident is going to finish below utah mm-hmm. um like right now i think you'd be pr- you'd feel pretty confident that the spurs blazers and grizzlies will finish below the jazz mm-hmm so that's three teams. And then the East, Pistons, Wizards, Hornets is locked in. So that's six teams. So Utah's at seven. Honestly, when I went through this, it wasn't as convincing. I was like, man, they still need to jump like four other teams mm-hmm. for that pick to convey. And at that point, you're talking about, which they are ahead of the Warriors right now, but the Warriors, Lakers, Suns, Houston, like the, maybe one of those teams. And then in the East, they need to jump maybe like Hawks, Nets, Bulls, or Hawks, Nets, Raptors. Feels like the Raptors are starting to find their footing. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I, even with that injury, I still think I would put the odds favoring that pick not conveying. Yeah. I, um, I tend to I tend to agree with that. And it's also just a part of like the motivation from the teams below them too. Like are they gonna, I, I just think there's more motivation from – Warriors and even Chicago and teams like that to just be better, you know? Yeah, the teams, like, we've already heard, like, Atlanta might be willing to take a step back yeah. this year. Yeah. So, okay, maybe Atlanta. Brooklyn, you could see them taking a step back if they're trading yeah. some of these guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I just think, like, teams like the Warriors, Lakers, and Suns, they, they're pushing all out the rest of the season. Yeah. And, and Houston, for that matter. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I don't think any of those teams want to miss the play-in. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's true. it'll be a battle. I mean, the Jazz have been much better as of late. Mm-hmm. They've kind of got they've been eight and two in their last ten. I know, I know. They they've played really well, and they've had some nice wins, like at Bucks, at Sixers. They beat, they beat the, the Mavs. Mavs at home. They beat yeah. the Heat at home. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe maybe I mean maybe the Jazz will turn it around here in the second half. They they could be a team that everyone's looking at them as like who are they going to trade off? But they could be buyers in this market as well if they yeah. find one of these guys. I mean, why wouldn't they be someone that would be interested in some of these Nets guys? I mean, maybe they would be. You know, they, there were rumors that they're trying to get Drew Holiday. You know. Yeah. So I I would prefer um, it to not convey. That would be my preference. Me too. Overall, because I just don't think the Thunder need another pick in this draft. Um, I've watched a and bunch maybe of, maybe a if they do start guys. playing really well, it yeah. makes you more willing to like trade a first for Denny Avdia, <laughs> just so you don't have to draft three first round picks. Yeah, maybe or maybe you think like consolidate the picks or even like take do what you know Presti's been doing and like move like one of the picks that's in the lottery for a pick down the road you know yeah we'll have to see how valuable these picks are are viewed um dude going forward <laughs> i'm telling you they should not, not be valued <laughs> they should not. <laughs> okay then you should be able to give one up for Denny Avdia on a great contract for the next 4 years andrew yeah commit I, 
yeah, I think I, I think, yeah, I would be willing to give up one of these. You know, if Utah pick conveys, like, sure, like somebody else can have it. (laughs) And the Thunder Uh, Thunder will feel different. They will feel different about it because they, they, you know, I, I think a lot of times, like, yeah, they like the the weird drafts. Like they they like to find the diamond in the rough kind of deal. Like the the Stephen Adams draft was like a <laughs> horrible draft, but they ended up with just like a crap ton of those dudes on the team. You know, it was, it was like bizarre. Was that a good thing, Andrew? I mean, was the, all that a good Oladipo? Thing? Like the list is wild. I guess Oladipo was good. Oladipo, Nerlens Noel. Shot. Steven Adams. Hey, maybe they could they could get another guy. Kelly Olenek was in that draft. They could get another one from Let's the go. draft. Like he's not done acquiring these guys. Schroeder was in that draft. Uh Robertson obviously was in that draft. I mean, they just had so many guys. Abrinas was in that draft. Isaiah Cannon, who was like had a cup of coffee with the Thunder, was in that draft. They drafted Mike Muscala. Grant Jarrett. Mike Muscala was in that draft. Dude, I'm telling you, like the Thunder. Joffrey loved- Laverne. Joffrey Laverne. Like they love these weird drafts like this. So, to me, maybe they'll acquire more picks. And there's like, yeah, let's no, just let's just no, get all the guys up. in this no. 2024 draft. <laughs> they should they should be into the good drafts. They should flip it no. and be like, hey, we're actually really no. interested in good drafts. No, 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 no. Um, the other angle to this is you see some people online talking about you know would Marcus Smart be a potential trade target for the Thunder as a result of the jaw injury. Listen, I from Memphis's perspective, they just gave up two firsts for Mark Smart and Tyus Jones, <sighs> who was you know a really good backup point guard for them for a long time. Yeah. And one of those firsts is p- probably going to be a lottery pick, which yeah. is now held by Portland. It's the top four Warriors pick. I I think it'd be hard to flip around like seven months later and trade Marcus Smart for anything less than two firsts. And that's just not, to kind of like and it's not happening. get back to zero. So I I don't really see it from Memphis's perspective. I mean, a team would have to like come over the top for some reason. Like maybe maybe a team like the Kings. I mean, Marcus Smart would make a lot of sense on the Kings. If they yeah. were willing to give you an unprotected future Kings pick mm-hmm. for Marcus Smart, maybe you do it then. But I don't see I don't think there's gonna be a lot of deals that make sense for the Grizz. And then the other angle to it is as good as Marcus Smart is. He's top five. I read that list of best guys in defensive EPM, and he's a top five. Mm-hmm. Man, he would he and, and he's a he's a good playmaker. Mm-hmm. Like he, he could pretty good. You, know, yeah. you don't want to you don't want him to be your starting point guard, but no. on a team like Thunder, like he could absolutely fit in. Mm-hmm. For a guy who has a reputation as like hard nosed, like gritty guy, mm-hmm. he is such an awful rebounder. Yeah, he is a terrible rebounder. Two point seven. I want. Oh, Guess who, and this is by total rebound percentage, so the percentage of rebounds that they get uh-huh. while they're on the court, uh-huh. how, how many players on the Thunder's current roster have a total rebound percentage that is lower than Marcus Smart? Oh, it's like three, maybe? One. It's Mietzich. No. Mietzich. One. That's wild. That's how bad of a rebounder Marcus Smart is. Is that... Is he, that, he has never averaged four. No, he's averaged four rebounds once in yeah, his career. Yeah, and uh, it's just I mean, like I know he's six three. So he's, he's twenty one. Yeah, but I just have this image of Marcus Smart as this guy like diving for everything, like crashing the offensive boards. But he's mm-hmm. not really that guy. Mm-hmm. I think of him uh, kind of like a a a lesser version of Russ in some ways. 
but he's not really oh, that when yeah, it comes not, to rebounding. Yeah, not even close. And and it is hard to be like a great rebounder when you are defending the guy who shoots the ball at the end of the possessions. Yes. You know, that's like why like Dort is a better Dort is a better rebounder than he is, but like oftentimes Dort is the one contesting the shot at the end of the possession. You know, he only averages 5 a game this year. Um so like that's a huge piece of the puzzle when you're talking about like Marcus Smart being like a bad rebounder, but point taken, you know, that But at the same time like so their total rebound percentages Marcus Smart's 4.8, Dort is 7.9. Like he's a significantly better mm-hmm. rebounder than him. So I get it. And and all this is to say is like Marcus Smart is still a great player. He'd make a ton of sense for a lot of teams, but yeah. I do, that is just one thing that's sticking in my head. In addition to him being a very streaky shooter, he's shooting yeah. like thirty-two percent or something. Yeah, I forget what exactly what he's shooting I, this season. Dude, we are, we already we already have a Dort, you know. We have a Dort. Yeah, he's shooting thirty-one percent. Now he does take a lot, six point seven, which I guess he's always kind of taken a lot. Yeah, always takes a he's, lot. He hasn't shot an above thirty-four percent in four seasons. Again, send him to the Kings. I think it makes a lot of sense. Put him in backcourt with De'Aaron Fox. Malik Monk off the bench, that, that sounds pretty great. But I don't think he's an amazing fit for the Thunder. I don't think the Thunder would be willing to pay what the Grizzlies would need to flip him that quickly Mm-mm. after seven months. I mean, Dort, Dort's just like a better shooter than he is. He's a better free throw shooter. He's a better three-point shooter. Like, yeah. like let's not, let's not, you know. And they, and, they, and they honestly just don't need another 6'3 guard. No, they you know, don't. Like they have Dort, and they have. You almost K- have to trade Dort in that scenario. And they have Kaysen. Yeah, and I wouldn't trade Dort for for him either at this point because like I would rather have the ball in the other guy's hands. Where I think that Smart would be like, "Yeah, I'm the veteran leader of this team. Like, give me the ball." Like, no, I don't want any of that. You know, I don't want any of that happening. And I mean, it's also a red flag that the Celtics traded him. Yeah. You know, like the Celtics. Maybe like, the yeah. Pistons. Maybe the Pistons would overpay. They don't have. Yeah, a lot they to could. Pay, they but. could use somebody like him. I don't think the Thunder needs somebody like him. I think that they have enough like grit on their team. Like they they don't necessarily need him for that. I'm always looking for more grit, though. <laughs> really, <laughs> really, you need more yeah. Dort. You need more Dort on this team. I mean, it would be nice to have. I mean, Kenrich kind of Kenrich, hits these notes. I mean, Kenrich does that. Kaysen does that. Dort does that. Like they've got. K, K, I mean, okay. I guess what I'm thinking of is like uh, someone ready to fight. Ready to someone fight. Someone who, like in the playoffs, ready to stand up for your team. Who's going to be that guy on the Thunder? I think Kenrich can fill that role. I think Chet. We're going to see that from Chet. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Marcus Smart has kind of. You know, played you know who's like role. you know who's like that is Giddy. Yeah, yeah. Giddy is yes, like that yeah. <laughs> when he's going against Bertons, when they're yelling at each other. Yeah, like Kenrich, Dort, Chet, Giddy's like that. I'm trying to. Who else is like that? Uh, Oos, Oos, Poku. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think I mean they've got some of those guys, and I think you do need that, especially in the playoffs. I think Jay Will has even shown like a like a, some edge here and there that I like to see, but like if they want to get another guy with edge, awesome. Let's make sure that he's like six foot six or taller, please. And like, please don't add another six three gritty guard to this team. Like, I just don't think they need. It. I I also think Case Case and Wallace. We haven't seen a ton of it. 
I think as we continue to move through his career, like he's going to continue to show that he's got some of that in him too. Yeah. And he shoots and he shoots the ball well. So like just give me that. And he get and he averages about the same amount of rebounds that Marcus Smart does in like much less minutes. So All right. Give me that guy. Give me um that guy. Is that it, Andrew? I think that's it. We are a month away, less than a month away hey, just, from the trade deadline. FYI, FYI, all 13 episodes of Schnookums and Meat are available on YouTube. Really? So go check it out. Go see what you think. Go check out Schnookums and Meat. The Thunder have a back-to-back starting tonight in Miami. No Jimmy Butler in that game. But I would guess that this game is going to be annoying. So prepare yourselves for that. Uh, and then they play back in Oklahoma City for Portland. And then Saturday against Orlando. That's a fun matchup. And yeah. then they hit the road again. It's funny. like They hit the road. Come back, Portland. They hit the road again. LA, LA, Utah, Minnesota. And then get two days off. And then back in Oklahoma City for Portland again. So, oh, nice. That's a little interesting symmetry happening there. But yeah, Thunder are back home Thursday, Saturday, and then back on the road for another week. So, um, lots of interesting basketball coming up. Trade deadlines coming up. Uh, a lot of fun things. Uh, we will continue to do podcasts for you here at Down to Dunk. Continue to do some videos. Go check out our YouTube channel. I've posted some different shorts. Some are from like past interviews and stuff where I'm just like, you know, looking back and clipping. So please subscribe and check out our YouTube channel. If you're watching right now, could you please like this video and make sure that you're subscribed. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel and you're listening on the podcast app, just take a couple seconds right now to just search down to dunk, hit subscribe. You can watch us live. You can come watch the show later on. Uh, Would very much appreciate that. There's a lot of like YouTube exclusive content on our show shows page as well. So please make sure you do that. Hope you guys have an awesome, awesome Wednesday. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.